0: Welcome to the Investment Turnaround. In this podcast series, Dr. Mariana Bosazan interviews world-renowned investors, scientists, and other personalities who share their solutions toward the sustainable transformation of our financial systems. Christian Berg is a true transdisciplinary thinker. He holds academic degrees in physics, philosophy, theology and mechanical engineering. He is a sustainability professor, a scholar and renowned consultant to industry and governmental organizations. More recently, he led the task force for sustainable economic activity and growth within the future dialogue of Chancellor Merkel. Furthermore, he advised the federal government on how to steer Germany towards sustainability. Christian, welcome to our high level consultation on changing finance and uh, financing change. It is a great pleasure to have you on the program and uh, particularly after following after the COVID-19 crisis, it is extremely important that we bring ideas like yours as an expert in in this field. Uh, into into the forefront and give you the opportunity to express them. So, given the current crisis, how would you jumpstart the economy?
1: Well, first of all, Mariana, thank you very much for having me, and it's a great honor and great pleasure. Let me maybe start by saying I think decades. Actually, uh, in the beginning of the century, we had uh, the problem of uh, international terrorism, and subsequently uh, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, We had then the financial crisis, Uh, then we had it more focused on the climate issues, but again later we had the so-called migration crisis. And then when Fridays for Future just gained momentum last year, we then all of a sudden had the corona crisis. And the problem is, I'm not saying that these crises are all directly linked, but actually they are much more linked than we assume or than we think. And as you know, I have just uh, published a book, ironically, which has not gotten so much attention because of the corona crisis, Um, but it is about the question, what is actually the reason why we're not more sustainable? And maybe I just can show it here. It's sustainable action, overcoming the, um, the barriers, the barriers to sustainability. So, the problem is, if we look into history, we see that all great transitions are, are not monocausal. There are always several causes. There are drivers, societal developments, technological developments, political um, incidences, wars, uh, natural catastrophes, and many others. So it is o- o- always a mix of these um, factors. And if we want to facilitate the transition to more sustainability, and that is much, much needed, more than ever, then this is the first time in history, in human history, that we need to facilitate, to trigger this transition by our own action. And we know from uh, phase transitions in physics, for instance, that they depend on several parameters. If you want, want to bring water to the boil, and I ask you, how do you do that? Most people would say, well, put it on a hot plate and heat it up. That's one way of doing it. However, if somebody else is increasing the surrounding pressure, you will get, like in a, in a steam cooker, you will not succeed with reaching the boiling point because water will not then not um, reach the boiling point, but only at 150 degrees maybe. So the point here is, if we only focus on one aspect and not see the complexity of the issues, then we might fail in this transition. And I mean, this is a Club of Rome uh, series. And we are talking in, uh, in the Club of Rome always about systems thinking. From its very conception, the Club of Rome was about a systems approach. We need to consider the complexity of the issues. And this is what I try in the book. So let's look at the complexity of the parameters in a way that prevent us from this phase transition. What are the barriers, what I call them, to sustainability? And there are many. I can only highlight a few. Of course, we have externalities. Um, That means that we externalize this cost to the environment, to the future, and to other countries. We have um, a lack of governance. We don't have on a global arena, in the global arena, uh, appropriate government, governance mechanism for the global issues. We have, of course, psychological issues. We have the value action gap. People do not do what they actually consider important and many, many more. And my approach, my conviction is only if we've addressed these barriers simultaneously on several levels by several actors, then we will facilitate the phase transition. So that's the first part of the book. Here, I, in a way, increase complexity because I say we need a complex analysis of the system because the world is pretty complex. In the second part, I say, okay, we need to reduce complexity if we go to the actors. If you and I were asked, how do we fight poverty? How do we uh, facilitate a peaceful cooperation of states? I wouldn't be able to say that, maybe you, but that's pretty difficult. Um, if you ask economists, how do you resolve the problem of hunger, and you ask two economists, you will got, get at least three answers. So it is pretty difficult. And therefore, I suggest action principles for sustainability that address the, the, the actor and in the concrete decision and reduce the complexity to make it simple. Um, And here I distinct, I I don't, I more gather these principles, I don't invent them, I just collect them and structure them. Um, One of the principles is actually very, very old, almost... 4,000 years old. The It is described what happens if somebody builds a dam, a water dam, to, to keep water, and if this dam is bursting. And then the code of Hammurabi says, the one who built the dam should, shall be sold into slavery, and with the money, the, those who suffer from the, from the loss shall be compensated. And it was really shocking when I wrote these lines. The dam in Brazil, for, of Vale in Minas burst and several hundred people died. And I thought, this is this is so sad that 4,000 years ago people were actually more advanced because the penalties were much more severe than today. So um, I don't want to talk too long about the book but this is basically the idea. So first do a complex analysis of the situation and then help the actors in concrete situations how they and get going into the sustainability direction. Does it make sense?
0: It does make a lot of sense. So from the financial perspective, that is basically the oil that uh, oils the entire machine, the system. What is your analysis with respect to uh, what What are the acupuncture points that we need to address, to touch in order to to shift, to change finance for one side, for one? And on the other side, how do we finance the change who are the players that you think should come to the forefront in order to facilitate with the cash with money that transformation
1: yeah that's a good one Um, and maybe i can relate this to uh, one or two other principles i uh, refer to in the book um because i mean you ask what how do we facilitate change and what are what are the the main issues here in the financial industry. Um, Let's maybe look at green bonds. We have now in Europe, we have now the, I think, great initiative of the European Action Plan for Sustainable Finance. And and within that, there will also be um, a taxonomy uh, for green investments, sustainable investments, which is great. But um, if you look, for instance, at green bonds, then the difficulty is that um, there is an additional effort related to proving that a green bond is green. I mean, there's no way in just putting a price, a tag to it and saying this is a green bond. You need to validate this, of course. You need to have a verification. You need to have an audit. You need to have quality measurements and so on and so forth. And, and ideally impact measurement as well. And all this is related to cost. But who, who bears these costs? And here we're back to the polluter pays principle. If the one who is investing in a green bond is charged for that, it's actually like charging the ambulance for an accident which somebody else intentionally um, caused. It doesn't make sense. So it should be the other way around. The uh, quote unquote evildoers, I mean, they're not intentionally doing evil, but the the so-called dirty industries, they should actually be charged and uh, the green bonds um, should be, yeah, kind of proven and validated for that, um, for, for this, um, by that, for for the additional effort they have. This is just one example how the polluter pays principle should be adapted or, yeah, used, um, leveraged in the financial industry. And actually, um, the polluter pays principle is already within the European. Uh, legal framework, Uh, when the framework um, contract of the European Union, it is contained that the polluter pays principle shall be uh, executed. So in principle, we have agreed on that. We just need to execute on this. So um, there were another part of the question, sorry, can you help me? Yeah,
0: the the other, yeah, so the bond thing is like a banking product. What is your We'll, go, we'll come back to the uh, players, to the who's going to finance this, so bonds is, uh, is a good example. What is your perspective with respect to the participation or of um, entrepreneurship in this entire uh, change and transformation, uh, given the fact that uh, between 60 and 80 percent of any uh, economic activity in any country across the world are basically coming from small and medium enterprises? Uh, which are hit the most at this point in time. What is your perspective with respect to the intention to bring the necessary cash to where it belongs at the fa- at the foundation at the small and medium enterprises that is currently going through banks? And as we know, uh, following the 2008 financial crisis, the trickle down system didn't work because banks have different measurement criteria by which they allocate the money to those entrepreneurs or those in need than what is actually needed. You know, young entrepreneurs don't have the assets in order to show the banks that, you know, to give them the guarantees that they require. So from your perspective, how do you see that change being changed to, to address this, uh, this issue and, and, you know, support entrepreneurship and, you know, create jobs?
1: yeah absolutely that i mean that there are so many that's a universe of questions in a way because on the one side i absolutely agree uh, we need to foster uh, innovation and the young the, the entrepreneurs and the startups uh, because i mean they create the jobs not only of today but much more so of tomorrow and also they will develop the solutions for tomorrow i mean Einstein was reportedly said that uh, innovation doesn't come into the world by old people getting smart but just by dying out and new people come up you know um, I mean I'm already above 50 so I, uh, I know what I'm talking about and um, so we must definitely support uh, the startups and the young um, the young companies here is one issue however or many many issues one side um, these startups often have financing problems. We know that, and I hope that, um, I mean, we're talking here about the European context because this is where uh, where I'm most familiar with, but um, similarly in in, in other regions, it might be uh, similar. But in in the European um, Action Plan for Sustainable Finance will also help um, channeling the money into into, uh, those young um, companies because, This is where it's most needed. And there is so much money around, but it's, from my judgment, it's uh, it's at the moment invested in the wrong assets or in the wrong companies. And we need to revise that and change that. And one other aspect is um, sometimes I think, I mean, this is from a a German perspective. We have uh, the problem here that we categorize people according to their past achievements and if you fail for instance you easily get uh, you know uh, marked and said well this is kind of a loser because he didn't wasn't successful with a a certain uh, company and this is something we really uh, need to change and it also points us to the importance of cultural change of a change in mind shift Um, Mm -hmm. because if we don't if we are not error- and and, uh, fault-friendly we will not succeed with the transition. I mean, if you don't do anything, you don't do mistakes. By the way, I mean, it's the biggest mistake not to do anything, (laughs) but um, because of this um, kind of attitude of fear not going on is really stupid. So we need to be much more flexible and also um, yeah, supportive in um, in an error friendly um, environment uh, and and facilitating that uh, to give people a second, a third, and if needed, even a fourth chance.
0: Yeah, would you consider this one of the fault lines of the financial system? The current financial system? What what else what other fault lines do you see?
1: yeah i mean the I, I would consider it as one definitely i i'm not sure if that is um if that is the oh that that's certainly not the only one um another one is is probably that we have um i mean the financial markets are the most globalized markets um Compared to the real economy, um, they are much more globalized and um, very, very, very um, fluid and very flexible. Um, and we need certainly more stronger regulation. And here the problem is, of course, that um, it's it's a bit like, uh, yeah, that every, every region, we have a race to the bottom because every region, every nation is trying to attract investors and uh, make itself attractive to both real, uh, real economy and financial, uh, financial institutions, um, companies, um, that this is not, doesn't work in the long run. So we definitely would need some kind of uh, some more regulation. For instance, take the financial uh, transaction tax. Uh, I mean, every system. We know this from nature. We know this from technology. Every system with feedback loops that does not have some kind of friction parameter that um, decelerates certain feedback processes is uh, going to um, yeah is is collapsing sooner or later. Um, we know this from um, biological systems, from ecological systems, from technological systems. Uh, if you put your mic in front of the loudspeaker, you get this uh, noisy feedback, um, and that is also happening in the financial markets with uh, uh, mi- micro trading, um, micro uh, uh, trading and, and,
0: and lending. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and with with these immediate um, or with these huge volumes of um, currency, for instance, foreign currency uh, trading. Um, that is not really related anymore to, to the real world. So, a certain friction parameter is needed. And if we, maybe we have a chance now, since the UK has left the uh, European Union, maybe we have a chance now because they were insisting or resisting these, uh, this FTT, financial transaction tax, for a long time. Uh, maybe there is a new chance now, to at least in the European Union, to move forward in this regard. And hopefully, investors all over the world will realize sooner or later that um, stability and yeah sustainability also from the investment side of you are really paying off in the long run. One other, if I may, yep. one aspect which comes to my mind talking about um, equal uh, level playing field um, is and and this race to the bottom. There was a study last year appearing comparing the, the um, corporate taxes in European Union. And um, there are actually comp- countries like Luxembourg, who have officially a corporate tax rate of, I think, 29%, but de facto not even 3%. So can you imagine not even 3% corporate tax? Mm-hmm. I mean, how fair is that? Every one of us has to pay his or her own taxes, uh, income taxes and others. Um, and certainly more than 3%, uh, in many cases, more than 30%. And large corporations kind of evade this and f- flee this by uh, going to these tax havens. And here again, we need really equal conditions. Uh, otherwise, we get into uh, yeah, this devastating uh, race to the bottom.
0: Right, uh, tax havens, uh, avoiding tax havens. You mentioned it earlier, uh, the importance of mindset. Can we, let's spend a little bit of time in there because one of the reasons why transformation is so difficult is because we are dealing with human beings who are subject to evolution. Consciousness evolution, cognitive evolution, emotional evolution, and others, which we summarize in the term mindset. So given the fact that we are now in a crisis, how do you see us avoid regression to fear and aggression and uh, and other less how should I say, reputable uh, emotional, uh, human emotions, instead of moving forward and facing the challenges head on and transform ourselves. So from your perspective, how do you see mindset contribute to the exterior transformation?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing with complex systems is that you can... Cannot really say what is a cause and what is effect, and you cannot say what is the main cause many many systems you have twenty main causes and twenty main effects, and you cannot even differ- i mean you can differentiate but not separate them and In a way, you could say mindset is, is absolutely critical if, if we don 't get to this change in mindset, we will not succeed in that transformation and um, why is that? Because, let, let's, let, let's look maybe at, uh, at gender diversity questions. Um, we know from all areas, from ecology to um, business administration, that diversity is needed. Uh, we know that, that more diverse companies, in, uh, especially in executive management, um, are more profitable, more innovative than other companies. Uh, we know from evolutionary theory that life emerges at the, at the edge between order and chaos. If you only have order, you just have regulation, you have laws, you have, you have boring uh, structure. If you only have chaos, you have no regularity, you have no laws. And life emerges at this very special um, edge between total order and total chaos. And in order to stay within this limit, we need diversity. So actually, and this is what I also write in the book, the word monoculture is actually an oxymoron. There is no monoculture because culture is always in plural, is always multi, is always many. So you can never have just one. Uh, culture, uh, one, one uh, factor dominating a culture, then it's not, not a culture anymore, almost by definition. Now, going back to the mindset question and the mind shift, um, we have now this problem with diversity, uh, gender diversity, for instance, and if we say, uh, of course, we will need some regulation, uh, we will need to play hardball and say, Hey, companies, if you don't realize that this is really a game for you to have more diversity, then we will make you uh, uh, execute that. Uh, but it's also convincing them and saying, Hey, that's much more, um, you have much more innovation, you have a better profitability, you have better conflict re- resolution, you have better collaboration. By the way, the PISA study, OECD, PISA test, um, the last one, found out that uh, women are more collaborative than men. Now, you and I might have said, okay, we knew that before, uh, uh, but here, the, for the first time in history, to my knowledge, this was really in a large scale, and a global experiment, in a way, was tested, or in this global survey, was tested um, and proven. So, this alone, would uh, give good arguments for, for companies, for instance, to have more diverse um, executive culture, or more diverse culture for executives. So this is one element. The, the other one is I'm, I'm much impressed, uh, and I think there is much truth in Gandhi's dictum, you need to be the change you want to see in the world. So I think many people resist change because of anxiety and fear, they are in fear of losing something, of, um, yeah, yeah, maybe existential fear. Um, and here saying no, um, and this goes also back to the, the previous point with the Arab culture, you know, that we're um, more friendly to making mistakes and accept it. I mean, we're all humans. Nobody is perfect, and, but we pretend that we are. And we polish our appearance and our image as, as if we were God. Um, and so more openness, more, um, yeah, not shying away from admitting that you do mistakes and that you are not perfect. Um, and then maybe by role models and by um, some soft pressure from regulation and also by luring people to, uh, to a better, more collaborative, more open, more um, future-oriented uh, environment. That's what I think is, is needed to, uh, to get this shift going. Does that make sense to you?
0: It does make a lot of sense. The, the, the issue that we have there is that those in power who can come up with regulations and um, uh, legislation in order to enforce such ideas have to go there first. It is, um, as you said, it is a leadership issue, so they have to awaken and uh, first to these truths. Uh, that's which is the reason why we're doing this series right now, to identify what are these truths, what are the acupuncture points that we could use to bring about this transformation. So it's a leadership issue because... Most people are not, don't want to lead. So those in power have to take that responsibility and uh, evolve to the understanding uh, that uh, these changes must be done in short term, medium, and long term. And of course, that's very much connected to the availability of finances in order to make that uh, happen. So it's it's a very complex uh, exterior thing that we can see, and on the other side, the interior realities that are actually driving us that are hidden from from sight, but which are actually driving our behavior and uh, so uh, and, and and action. So from from your perspective, how would you? suggest we become active in influencing the power it be to do the right thing, to bring about these transformations? What is your sense um, with respect to the EU, at the EU level, country level, Germany? We see that in America, the whole country is struggling with this transformation. And uh, we see how hard it can be, particularly if uh, things Become a moral issue rather than a political one, as we now face.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think this might go back to my first point in the introduction when I talked about uh, about the book and the complexity of the issues. I, I think we um, let me let me put it to the extreme. We we might not resolve. The, um, the climate issue by or we will not we will not resolve the climate issue by focusing on climate. Maybe we will do much better um, by focusing on social cohesion, on inequality. Um, I mean I'm, the, the problem is that the world is so complex and that we need to work on all levels with all Actors and on all on all problems or issues at the same time, but not overwhelm the individual. That's so difficult, uh, and that's why I think it's important to have these these principles also to to avoid that people get frustrated and say, "Well, um, let me alone." Um, that's so complex. If that's your answer. Then i rather go to those who those folks who say there is no climate change I mean just to stay with a climate example um and there are studies showing that this is actually one of the drivers why populism has become so influential because people are also frustrated and uh, overwhelmed by the complexity of of their world and of fear of course fear of new influence losing jobs and and many others
0: and and the lack of leadership that goes away yeah
1: absolutely absolutely and also i think these days you get the impression that leaders are always driven by interests um, and especially also the media uh, convey this message, you know, leaders are all, why did he or she do this? Because there is an interest. No, sometimes it can also be, and I expect this actually by leadership, that leadership is doing the things because they are right. They are convinced that this is the right direction we need to go. Not because there is a certain interest, you know. That is also in most political arenas, this is also happening, but... Um, yeah, focusing on uh, the idea that w- we need to serve. Also, as leaders, we need to serve the the common good and the the purpose um, of uh, yeah broader or a broader purpose which goes beyond my my own personal interests and uh, and realms and areas. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have this one answer saying politics needs to uh, do. Uh, uh, politics is, of course, need, needs to work with all the different actors and um, and give direction. And I'm much appreciative of um, the commission's plan to be climate neutral in 2050. We can argue that this is still too late, but at least it is a plan. It is a very ambitious plan, as we know, especially in, in times of covid And I'm also appreciative of the fact that um, this is not abandoned in times of the Corona crisis, but uh, many leaders, uh, including uh, Ursula von der Leyen, President Macron, uh, Chancellor Merkel, have said, no, we must do this in alignment with our climate and sustainability strategy, which is really, really needed. Because the money we give away now is is lost, is gone, and uh, our children will actually have to pay for that. And therefore, we must make sure that it is uh, also them who benefit from it. And maybe, if I may uh, add one uh, one aspect um, about uh, COVID and sustainability and the solidarity here, because I thought about this a lot in the recent uh, weeks. In, in the COVID crisis, we see really an amazing solidarity globally. We see in all, and this is really unique. I, I'm not aware of any event in human history where in all humankind is basically suffering the same problem. Um, and we see here a great solidarity. And the solidarity is uh, primarily of um, with the old, with the old, and the weak, because they are most fragile and most uh, at most risk for getting COVID 19 and, and serious images and damages from that. Um, in the climate case, it is exactly the other way around. It is not the old, but it's the young who deserve and need our solidarity. Good chance reaching not only 2100, but maybe getting 100 years old. That means 2120. And by that time, we know from the IPCC scenarios, we will, if we continue with our current path, we will have a world which is currently, we assume, three degrees warmer than pre-industrial levels. And even today, where we have one degree, we see how much um, yeah, devastating effect the climate crisis already has in certain regions. Um, so if we want that our children and grandchildren have still lived, chance to live a more or less similar life as the, today's old in, in want this, We have no uh, whatsoever moral legitimacy not to want that. But if we do want that, they deserve our um, solidarity today. And so the bottom line of this argument is solidarity is what we experience today. And we need to realize that solidarity is much more than just now in the corona case. It is also to be attributed to the climate crisis. And it is also that it needs to be related to state and government intervention, because in all, in all states in all nations, uh, COVID-19 causes governments to respond. and yeah, call for, demand solidarity. Um, Many people do this voluntarily, and that's great, and should continue. But the state sets rules and says, you must not do X, Y, Z. Um, And this same kind of government intervention or government um, regulation is also needed in in the climate case. You understand the point?
0: What a wonderful... um I do understand the point very well. And uh, I'm actually very grateful for this uh, new context in which you put these two thoughts, uh, which I haven't heard before. So yes, uh, our reaction to COVID-19 is in support of the weak and the older and the uh, population that is more at risk than, uh, than others. And climate change is basically what we need to do in order to to protect the young and the future generations. And this is actually, from my perspective, a very hopeful uh, perspective, because it has been proven that humanity in general is very altruistic. We would do anything and everything for our children. And so on this very positive note, uh, I'd like to... Thank you very much for your contribution. Thank you for being on the program. And thank you for sharing your um, wisdom nuggets. Uh, they are extremely important. And uh, thank you so much for, um, for the book that you've written. And I hope um, it's going to be sold widely so that people benefit from your wisdom. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Mariana. Thank you very much for having me. And well, bye-bye and take care of yourself.
0: You too. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more on Dr. Bosazan and the investment turnaround, visit investment-turnaround.com.